0: Welcome back to Flip the Script. Um, this episode is a little bit different because I'm, I'm in the hot seat here in the studio, but there's nobody across from me, right? Um, I, I said I'd have an old selfish day today and I'll just have myself on the podcast. But what I'm looking to discuss on the podcast today is something that I know a lot of people uh, will be very interested in because I've gotten so many messages um, surrounding this particular topic uh, over the last week. And I know um that uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good information that I'm going to give on this episode that people are going to really enjoy, uh, especially runners basically, um that uh, will will definitely help some people, right because like, I've made loads of mistakes in this game. and I think it's the best thing I've ever done was making mistakes and failing at things and and falling flat on my face basically, um because being sat down and getting an old spank on the bum bum is one of the best ways to learn how to not do that again and uh, to, to learn and improve and move forward, right? So what I want to discuss today is I, I I do want to dig into the 550Ks that I ran in August as well um, and everything that I learned from that as a kind of an incubator for the Kerryway Ultra. And I'm going to talk about my race report, basically, for Kerryway Ultra. And I'm going to go through all of the different facets that led me to having such a, a smooth, successful, and enjoyable Kerryway Ultra. Because that's what we do these things for, right? Not, not that we want to feckin' be laughing and joking and smiling all up in the mountains a hundred and so miles into this race, but what we want to do is we want to run these races and we want to feel confident in our ability to get through them throughout. And we want to be in the right frame of mind and in the right bodily state so that we get through them, that we finish them, and that we're not at the end of it thinking, oh my God, I never want to do that again. We're thinking, right, that's fantastic. I can build on this. I can move forward with this. I can improve on this. I can push the boundaries even more. That's the way we want to feel about this. And that's the way I finished the Kerry Ultra this year was I basically... Collected all of the mistakes and all of the shortcomings and all of the for, you know, the 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 oversights that I had had over the years of doing ultramarathons, applied them to my race strategy for Kerryway Ultra, and ex- executed. That's it, basically. And yes, I I probably um, yes I I had a plan and stuck rigidly to it, but there is a little piece about intuition. Knowing your body, right? And this is actually something you can learn. It's a skill. It's not something that you're either born with or you're not born with. It's a skill of knowing yourself as to what you need. And it's true experience and gain true experience, right? Um, I also want to mention very exciting news for me, right? This is my first announcement of two today. I've got another big announcement uh, to make, and I'm going to do that at the end of the podcast, right? So I can keep you on tender hooks here now for a second, right? But the first thing I want to mention is that I have made a hugely, a fantastically positive move for me as a person. Um, And that is I have started to take on ultra endurance running clients, training ultra runners. Um, And that is helping a lot of people making that transition from marathon into ultra marathon or people who have vast experience in ultra marathon running and want to get to that next level want to work on themselves as as all round athletes i want to get the best from themselves right so everybody and anybody in between um and i've already started talking to people and um i've already started to to take people on and uh, it's just a, it's one of those things in life where you read you think why wasn't i doing this for a long time but also, I think this was the perfect time for this to enter my life as a coach because I feel like I'm in the position now to give people um, everything of me um, and to, to to go all in on this and to really help people to, to realise their goals within the ultra-endurance sphere. And it's something that excites me. It's something that fills me with passion and it's something that... Uh, it's just a great realization in your life where you're like, I mean, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's the way I am right now. And that's the energy that I'm passing on to to these clients and not going not only going to help them with their training, but also help them just as all around athletes um, and, and and help them to figure out what role running plays in their life and and maintaining that love of running. That's that's something that's really important to me as well. So incredibly exciting stuff. I'll go into, I'll go into more detail with this. But what I'm ho- hopefully going to do is I'm going to talk about the 50Ks and I'm going to talk about the carryway Ultra. And that will give you a good insight into, you know, the stuff that I will be doing with clients as well, right? So I I don't want to be too overly talking about, about coaching and all this good stuff. I want to talk to you about my own experience and about what I did and what kind of went right for me. Um so to... Get to uh, the, the 550Ks and where that came from was my training block for Kerry Way was disturbed very much so by a number of things, one of them being sick for the bones of three weeks, really. So I had about 21 days there in July, which would have been probably one of the higher volume sections of my training block. I didn't really actually think that doing super high volume in August would have been super beneficial to me. But needs must, right? And so I was sick for the majority of July and I actually only ran about 200 kilometers in July, which sounds like a lot. But when you're looking to take on 200 kilometers in one day, you need to be doing an awful lot more than that in a month uh, when you're doing your proper um, mileage months. And and July would have been a proper mileage month where I'd be looking to hit that 400 kilometer, so double what I ended up doing, um, kind of mark, right? you want it to be four, between 400 and 420, right? But, it, but this is this is different for everybody, but that's that's kind of where I am at with it and where I feel that I, I gain the most benefit from it. And that's from feeling out my body over the years, right? So I know people do 500, 600 kilometers in a month when they're training for ultra marathons. That's not me. It might be for some people, but what I have determined is when I'm at between that 100K and 120K per week, it, there's a lot more different facets than just the numbers on the, on the Strava at the end of the week that I, that I, that I look at when I am uh, looking to, you know, prepare for these big, big flipping ass runs, you know. Um, there's a lot goes into them and, and, and that is that your body is strong as well, like, you know what I mean? So you, it's not just about running miles, but making sure that your body is able to take that mileage and training and also that you feel strong. Uh, coming to the start line you don't go, you don't feel worn out and you don't feel like Jesus Christ I feel like a bag of shite now and we haven't even started this fucking thing you want to be at the start line biting at the bit going I am fucking ready for this and I'm ready to enact a game plan and a race strategy and that you have that in your back pocket you've th- th- and that's another thing that I'll be helping people is like that, that, having that knowledge of the route knowing when you're going to push knowing when you're going to ease off knowing when aid station's coming up all these stuff Um. But it, it's not just about the numbers that you see on Strava every week. There's a lot that goes into this. So um, I, I I finished up July uh, I, just as I got better. I, I I was on holidays in Portugal and it was like 34, 35 degrees uh, like at like nine o'clock at night or something over there. It was like mad, mad heat. And so it curtailed me a bit. And then the longest run I did over there was about 20K. And it took an awful lot more out of me because it's very dry and it's very, it was very hot. So I I kind of got to the 1st of August and I said, right. I, 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 because, and also, you know, being a new dad, my, my child is, my, my son Cooine is turning one at the end of the month. It's been a great year, a fantastic year of growth for me as a person and as a parent. Um. But it's been challenging as well and challenging trying to balance that with ultra endurance running. I know there's a lot of people there that have more than one child and they're training for ultra marathons as well. And I commend them. Um, And it's something that I've had to kind of learn how to balance as well with my training. But I had come to the start of August really feeling, you know, um, on a bit of a low ebb, to be honest, because I had been sick. That was the second time I had a fairly big sickness um, in that year. And I just came to the point where I was like, "Right, I, am I doing everything to uh, fire on all cylinders? This actually kind of started in Portugal, right? And so I sat down with myself, I had a pen and paper, and I wrote down some of the key facets of training for an ultramarathon, right? Training, nutrition, recovery. They're the, they're the three main branches that you're going to look at. And then there's the, the the twigs and branches off of those as well, the subsets. But those are the three main headings, right? Training for me, obviously, look, it was curtailed because of my illness. And that was something that I noted when I was thinking about that. And that my training was not where it should be in the training block. I was a bit behind, right? A couple of steps behind. I should have been at, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I should have been at G, but I was at I was at D. Right. And I, I should be further down the lane um, if I want to get to Z, Right. And Zed being completely and utterly, thoroughly, 100 percent prepared for the race. So the training was a kind of a bit of a I, I, I dissected it a bit more and just thought about what I had done the whole year. And this kind of gave me a bit of a bit of it, it heartened me because not only is it just this three weeks of, of being out injured, I've been training realistically for the carryway ultra since last October. Um, because I was training for the Cork city marathon. Uh, I had ran PBs in 5k, 10k, 10 miles, half marathon and marathon all in the one year. I ran t- t- p- PBs. And I mean, not just like 10 second PBs. I smashed the shit out of them. Um, which, 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 get, which, when I looked back then at all of that, that's that that basically was like, right? You not only have a belief in yourself, you have absolutely undeniable evidence that you have been committed throughout the whole year. Three weeks is not your whole year, right? It's not ideal, but it's not your whole year. So I thought about that in my training. That really gave me a great kind of a G up, and and. That's something I always recommend to people. If you find yourself sick or injured, and you're coming up to an event, have a look back. You probably have your your watch or Strava has that uh, has what you've been doing all year on it, right? Don't forget that. That is what you would call proximal, right? So proximal means like, there's no point in looking three years ago when you ran your PB in a marathon. That fucking doesn't exist anymore. That's three years ago. But if you've been training for the last six or eight months or whatever. That's, that really comes into play. That's, that is what you've done here and now it's tangible. It's there, right? So that's one thing that I would recommend to everybody through if they were in a place where they were injured or were sick and they're at a low ebb, have a look back at all the hard work you've been doing because it's not just these couple of weeks that you've been off. You've been, you've probably been committed for a long time and training really hard. That's why you find yourself injured or sick right now, right? So that, that was the first part. The second part, then let's say recovery, right? And I thought to myself, okay, recovery, I'm doing the best I can at many places, but there's always places to improve. And I did find myself sometimes after my son was going to bed, I was lingering a bit at nighttime. I was, I was kind of trying to do, trying to do a bit of work here and there, because it's hard to get work done when he was up and, you know, he needing to take care of him and all these kind of stuff. And Sometimes I was just bullshitting around the place, really like flicking through my phone and stuff, doing shit that just doesn't add anything to me at all. And so I said, right, look, we need to knock that on the head, right? So if we if we need to stay up and get a bit of work done, happy days. But there is no scrolling, bullshit scrolling from now on. You need to get to bed when when you can. So that was one thing. I was like, I was closing my my bed times down from let's say like eleven or quarter to eleven, and I was bringing it back down to like half nine, going into bed half nine. Huge. Huge gains there in terms of recovery from my just, just changing my sleep patterns. But the final branch that I looked at was nutrition. And that for me was where the biggest gains laid for me. I had, I had not done one of the biggest things that you can do for any goal. This is not, not just running, for any goal. Control the environment control the environment as much as possible, right? Let's say you're you you want to lose weight. Controlling the environment is buying healthy snacks that you're able to have readily available, buying stuff that allows you to batch cook good meals so that you always have something available to you even if you find yourself out, you're driving a lot maybe or whatever. You have it in the in the passenger seat there. You have your meals and everything cooked and your your healthy snacks, right? That's setting the environment, right? I hadn't set the environment to have an athletic-based diet. I didn't. I was I was going to the shop here and there, picking up bits and pieces. I was eating what was in the house or whatever. There was no structure to it. I was like, right. I, I And I had been operating the whole year under that same nutrition protocol. And I was like, right, there is your big, big area that you can make huge gains in. And as soon as I did, as soon as I went to the supermarket and bought all my stuff, lined the house with the stuff that I that I should have been eating, and put a bit of a, a structure on cooking meals and uh, getting those things in order. Man, recovery, it, it impacted recovery hugely. And if your nutrition and your recovery are being impacted positively, your training can only be impacted positively. So all those three branches gained from just sitting down and doing that. That, uh, doing, do, doing that, that self-breakdown, that self-coaching, right, from, for myself. Just to, just am I doing everything? Everything. Am I doing everything? And that's taking everything into account, like being a parent, being a dad, having those commitments, working, looking, you know, being a husband, looking after a house, taking all of those things into account. Am I doing everything outside of that to still be, you know, a present father and husband and, and, and being a person in the household? and giving myself the best shot to be in good nick for Kerryway. And I wasn't. So I made some really small changes, actually really, right? But huge gains from them, right? And so when I thought then back, so I went back to training, I thought, okay, right, there is a way that we can actually prepare for this. And we can also practice what we need to practice for Kerryway. I was like, Whenever I ran multiple marathons, the first time I ever did a multiple marathons was in March of 2019. I ran four marathons in four days. I'd never done anything like that before that. I, um, I, and so I ran them, right? First one was hard. Second one was harder than the first one. Third one was easier than the, the first two. And the fourth one, I flew, right? And I was like, how can this be? getting stronger every day and I'm running a marathon. How, how can that happen? It's like, okay, we need to test this theory. So I, I ran the 200 mile race that I ended up winning, right, um, in, in May of 2019. And I took a couple of weeks off training. Actually, I'm lying. I'm straight up being a you fool here now and telling you that because I, I was actually in the gym six days later. Hitting the punching bag and actually nearly falling over with dizziness, right? It's because I had no idea how long it actually took to, to recover from a 200 mile race. I never ran a 200 mile race before, but that was silly, stupid, foolish even. And so I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't give myself enough time. But I, I, after that, I was like, right, we need to give a bit of a break. Gave a a break and I had ran the Connemara 100 mile in 2018 with no training. It was the fucking most disgustingly, horribly painful thing I'd ever done. And it, that pain lingered for a very long time afterwards. And so I had, I had done that and I wanted to do it again. I had done it in 28 hours and I wanted to do it in sub 24. Thinking back, that was a really soft goal by me, by my circumstance. I'd become a far better runner in that time and I was well able to do well below sub 24. but. At the time and the, the frame of mind and the mindset that I was in, I kind of felt like I wanted a, 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 a win. I wanted a victory for myself. And so setting that 24-hour goal, you know, now looking back, and it was a soft goal. At the time, I was like, oh, geez, I wonder if I'd be able to do it. But there was that kind of thought. I was like, look, yeah, I'm definitely going to be able to do sub-24. You know what I mean? Um, but in that training block for the, uh, the marathon, for the ultramarathon, for doing Connemara the second time, I did. Eight marathons in eight days, and the same thing happened. First day was hard. Second day was hard. Third day was hard. Fourth day, oh, well, we're getting into a bit of a rhythm. Fifth day was just like, yeah, we just we just got to get out here and do it. Sixth, sixth seventh, and eighth were all ha- handy, right? In comparison to the first two days or three days, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how how does that happen? How do how does my body improve? As the days go on and I'm running 42 kilometers, right? And I don't... I Look, I I haven't really looked to see if there's many studies on this as to, like, the effects, the the, the act of physiological effects, the scientific effects on the body of running multiple hard efforts, right? What does that do um, to the body? Does it change the body chemistry? Does it increase red blood count? Does Does it, you know, does it... What does it do? Because... It 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 can't be strictly all psychological, you know, can't be. I, I, well, I would imagine it, it would be difficult if it was just completely psychological that these things are getting easier because I've already done the distance a few times or whatever. I don't know. But I, I finished that and then a couple of weeks later ran Connemara and ran it in 21 hours, just over 21, 21.09 or something like that, right? So I smashed my 24-hour goal, right? And so, like, and 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 I and I finished it with so much energy that I thought maybe I actually mispaced it and I could have done sub twenty hours, right? But that's that's another story, right? And so when I was faced with um, having a not so ideal training block for Kerry, I said I'm going to run 50k a day cuz this was this was you know I, I felt like I I I could I could I could do five ultras right or whatever you like you know if you want to say 50k you know it is technically an ultra right but I I I knew I could do five 50ks but not only that they, it, it, it would prepare my body for carry away but it would also give me a serious testing ground for lots of stuff especially and and this is this is a big thing especially nutrition because that's your body needs to practice that just like it needs to practice running. If you are for the first time on race day taking a gel, right, if you haven't taken gels on or if you haven't taken any carb mixtures on in training and you're seeking to do it during the race, I can nearly guarantee it won't go well for you. You need to practice these things. It needs to be in your race program, your uh, in your sorry, in your training program. If you're doing this three-hour run, you need to be taking on such and such carbohydrates in such and such a way for this training run. Not only is it going to help you recover as you run, make you feel better and more recovered for your next run, it's also going to change your actual, your your digestive system will actually generate more carbohydrate receptors. This is scientifically proven. I talked with Evan Lynch on this. Uh, Just a, a side note, shout out to Evan Lynch, If you want to know more about endurance nutrition, I had uh, him on the podcast as well. He is episode two, I believe, or one of this season of season three. Check that episode out. It's absolutely fantastic if you haven't listened to it already. And that will give you way more information about endurance nutrition, right? But this is what I've gleaned from him. So this is secondhand info from him, right? But... It, it, and so you're changing the, the body chemistry and the makeup of your di- digestive system that makes it easier for you to consume carbohydrates during um during training and i know this for certain myself anyway because i have um i found it easier over time building up in increments trying to get my grams per hour up until i could get it to you know the optimal or maximum um per, uh, carbs per hour and so that's what I did with the five fifty k's. I said, right, this is my, these are my protocols. This is what I'm going to do. And I started by taking on carbs. Um, uh, you know, I won't go into the fucking exact willy nilly of it, right? But i will be taking on carbs, a carbohydrate, um, either in a drink or a gel, every fifteen minutes. Did that first day, got major cramps after kilometer like forty three or forty four. Like bent over with cramps, right? So I was like, right, okay, well. Uh-uh. That was a good test. That was exactly what we wanted. That was actually a huge success in my eyes, um, being bent over, cramping on the road, because it it let me know that I needed to tweak something. So you're either going to tweak your frequency or you're going to tweak your volume, right? So what I mean by frequency is the frequency in which you take in the carbohydrates, right? So I was taking them in every 15 minutes. You either change the 15 minutes or you change the volume, the amount of carbs that you have in the bottle. And I had 100 grams of carbs in the bottle. And so I just said, right, look, I'll, I'll start by changing the frequency, the time in between the consumption of the carbs first. I'll keep the volume the same and I'll change the frequency. And if that doesn't work, we'll change the volume um, and we'll change the frequency back to 15 minutes and so on and so forth. We mix it around. But it just so happened I got it right first time for me, for, my, for me personally, I got it right first time. I just gave myself an extra five minutes to help my gut clear out what was in it And that enabled me to actually take in the same volume because I was taking on bigger sups and bigger quantities of gels when I needed. So the way I was doing it was I had 100 grams of carbohydrates in my bottles. I was taking sups of those in 125 mil in and around sups uh, every 15 minutes. But I was upping it to about a 150, 175 mils uh, every 20 minutes. So I was still taking in in and around the same amount of carbs but just less frequently, it was in my gut, right? And so, and and, and I'm going into the 50k uh, stuff for detail because it's the exact same thing that I did for carryway. So I won't be going through this twice. I'll just be going through other bits about the carryway, right? Because the main nutritional points for the carryway are what I learned from the 550s, right? Um, and so, when I changed that up, uh, what I was taking on then was I had precision fuel and hydration. Uh, right. A uh, shout out to jo- uh, George from Peak Sport. So if you go on Instagram, Peak Sport 3 that's the page. Click the link there, and it's COK10 is the discount code, and you get discount of ten percent discount off of Precision Fuel and Hydration. Um, for for orders over fifty five euro, I really, really cannot recommend them enough. I I use them for the five fifty ks and for Kerry Way, and they were just absolutely fantastic um they're brilliant right so uh shout out to george from peak sport just um follow the page and um i i definitely recommend them right so the uh, i was taking 30 grams of that on every hour right so i had a 90 gram poach they, they sell the 90 gram poaches i was taking on one of those in in a three-hour stint plus two of my bottles of my maltodextrin, my 100 gram maltodextrin mixes, right? So I was taking on two of those. And so I, was, I, was, I had it down like every 20 minutes, my timer would go off or I'd just look at my watch for every 20 minutes as well if I was fairly, fairly clued in. For the 50Ks, I was, I, was just, I was fairly clued in the whole time because I wasn't sleep deprived or anything. So I was able to take them on. And what I noticed was from day one to day two was energy levels were so much steadier. Uh, I had way a huge reduction in cramps, still a little bit of cramps, but nothing near uh, day one. So my body was still getting used to the intake carbs, which is completely normal, but it was absolutely manageable for me. And I went through each day exactly like that, taking on my carbs every 20 minutes and keeping a nice steady pace. I actually got faster every day up until day 5 because I actually picked up a little bit of a niggle in my calf so I was like right look I'm just going to get this 50k done I wasn't going to push the boundaries and try to do my fastest day on the last day or anything would have been great would have been fantastic but it wouldn't have been smart um so I I just got the last 50k done um and I actually ended up really enjoying it and and the calf ended up settling down I knew myself I felt it out I was like right this is a niggle it's not an injury um and so I, I, kinda, I, I knew if I if I kept it to low heart rate, low effort uh, and get the 50K done, that I get a great day out, time on my feet and I'd be able to practice my nutrition. Right. So at the end of that, I had thousands of grams of carbohydrates taken in my, my and which my body had, you know, disseminated and had, uh, had had dealt with, you know, so it was gaining that practice of nutrition, but I had also had about nearly 30 hours of time on my feet, right? Which is great, over five days, fantastic amount of time to have um, for an ultra endurance athlete. And so that was the bulk of my training. Um, now I did I, I did about 70K in the week before that, um, in the week before, and I did another 20K the week of, the, the when I started on the Friday, I had done two 10K runs on Monday and Tuesday, right? And so I had a good, I think I finished august with 400 kilometers ran which is like 100 kilometers a week, a week uh, 100 kilometers a week brilliant at the end of the 550 k's i really really took a step off and um, i felt out my body i really took a step off the mileage i got into the gym and i was really looking, concentrating on strength training because that was another thing when i looked at my training i was like strength conditioning i was going through the fucking motions i was going through the motions i wasn't getting you know benefiting for the time that i was in the gym and so i said right 30 to 45 minutes, let's do what we, what we need to do and that's going to benefit us going into Kerry Way and that's what we did. And that's the, the, all those training protocols, something that I'm going to be sharing with clients as well is just about basically, you know, uh, there's a lot thrown around about strength and mobility and all this kind of stuff, right? And, and mobility is a big buzzword and flexibility and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, right, the best runners in the world probably can barely touch their toes, right? So you don't need to be a gymnast, in terms of flexibility or mobility, you need to be strong where you need it and where it counts. Because what you're training for is not for, you know, f- flexibility to do splits. You're training for performance. You're training for something that's going to aid you in staying on track with your training and getting you to the next stage. That's what you need to do. And, and I've, I think I've really exhausted an awful lot. I, I, I even did a, a functional movement course. Um, and what I really took from it was is you as an athlete need to move in a certain way and especially for ultramarathon running and running in general, you do the same movement over and over again just on the left and on the right. You need to be able to do that incredibly efficiently, powerfully um, and you need to be able to do it to the point where you're feeling strong throughout and that's what I did with my strength and conditioning, right? Um, so I'm going to quickly segue, right? So I'm going to just wrap up the 550s of what I learned and then I'm going to segue into the race report for Kerryway Ultra and then I've got a very exciting um announcement to make at the very end right so I I noticed that I had to tweak the the timings of my of my nutrition tweaked it by 20 minutes and that sorted it out made perfect made made it absolutely perfect for me and as the days went on I only got I actually only took on more and more and more and more carbohydrates right and I so that really gave me great confidence going into the Kerryway Ultra um, so when I arrived at the carryway ultra, um, like I had this plan, you know, initially if my training block went perfectly, i was trying to go sub 24 hours, right? It turned out anyway, this year with the combination of the heat and the conditions underfoot, just being honest with myself and where I am in my running journey, sub 24, what wouldn't have been on the cards, even if it went perfectly well. I just, I just know that I'm, I'm, I'm at the point you now where I'm, I'm going to level up again. And I'm going to keep pushing. I, I, I'm really happy with my race strategy and the way it actually panned out. Cause like there was a lot of great runners that didn't make it through that, uh, that DNF, that, that, uh, something didn't work out for, for them on the day. Everything worked out for me. All of my plans that I had made and all of my strategy I, is I had went to plan. Right. So when we started the race, right, um, it was very warm. We started at 10 o'clock. It was very, very warm. Uh, I keep close attention to my heart rate, not really so much when I'm training, uh, but when I'm racing, I keep an eye on my heart rate, right? And that's a great indicator for me of when I should push and when I should ease off. And so when I started, everybody jetted off. And I mean, like like there was mad distance between me and the kind of lead group in the first couple of kilometers. They were already jetting off, right? Now, it ended up a lot of those people in the lead group didn't end up finishing the race. But I, I was like, right, at the start of a race, start of an ultramarathon, everybody has the idea of going slow, right? And this is something that I would drill into anybody that I would be working with is do not get emotional at the start of an ultramarathon. You can get emotional at the end. You know, you can get emotional when you've got five or six kilometers left. You can start letting the tears flow if you want to. If it helps you get to the finish line in the first five or 10 K, do not let your emotions sweep you up into running somebody else's race. Don't let that happen. And that is part of the mental preparation. I, I, I can't stress this enough, right? The physical preparation is incredibly important. You need to mentally prepare yourself for these races. You need to mentally prepare for yourself that you're going to suffer at certain times. But you also need to mentally prepare yourself and have the confidence in yourself to stick to your game plan, no matter what somebody else is doing, right? I passed out people in the race that had a, an hour and a half lead on me at, at a certain time in the race, an hour and a half. So I, I've actually passed lads that had an hour and 45 on me, right? Because I stuck to a game plan, right? And I'm not saying that they're any less a runner than I am. All I'm saying is that or, or that I'm better than them. Not whatsoever. You know, everybody had, has their day in their run. And sometimes it goes right. Sometimes it goes wrong. It went right for me, right? But all I can say is from my part, I can't control them and I can't control what they do. But from my part, I just stuck to the game plan. I, 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 didn't, I didn't run anyone else's race except for Connors. And that's something that I cannot stress enough. So from the start, I was looking at my heart rate and I was running through Mucris, which is the very, at the very start of the race, like four fucking kilometers into it. My heart rate was 179. I was like, right, okay. Let's, ha- let's have a quick think here now. You had a big breakfast, so your stomach is already dealing with that big breakfast and it's hot and it's getting hotter. Slow the fuck down. I was in last place. I was in last place. It, it, coming into the first checkpoint, the, uh, into uh, Brandon's cottage, I was dead last of the 10am starts. Right, So I just want to tell you that that's, that's where I was at, at, at the beginning of the race. I had no stress. I had no nothing going through my head of oh, the, the lead pack is so far ahead there's so much ground to make up this and that I didn't give a fuck about what they were doing I was caring about what Connor's doing and that's what I'd say to anybody who's looking to run these races you look out for you um, and you do your own thing and you have your race plan your race strategy and you do it and don't get emotional at the start of the race and just jet off um, There, there's like if you're looking to to finish in a place or whatever the case be You'd, you'd know by your training where you should be, right, in terms of your pacing and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's just a really important thing to know is where you should be and, and what you should be doing at any time. And as the race progressed, um, I actually dealt with low, fairly low-level cramps. They were, they, were, they were painful enough, I suppose, but they, they were absolutely manageable. For the first, like, 12 hours, uh, I was dealing with these kind of cramp, these low-level kind of cramps. And I was peeing, but I was only peeing like little dribbles of like really yellow wee. I was like, right, okay, my body is trying to tell me something here now. And I'm am I fucking listening? No, I'm not. So I was like, right, I'm going to listen to this right now. I'm going to I'm going to I can't just stick rigidly to this plan of taking on the malto juice and the gels. So what I said was to my to my crew was I need to have a Luke, Luke said sport. For me when I get into Waterville. Right. So I went, I was, I was on the way into Waterville. I was like, I need a Lucas Aid support when I get there. A big bottle, 750 ml bottle. And I made my way through about 400 mils of that in my aid station in a couple of minutes, right? 400, 450 mils of that. And I swear to God, it was like somebody had rubbed a magic cream on my stomach. The cramps just went away. So I went steadily. There's nothing really to report. All of the stuff that I'd learned in the 550Ks, I was just implementing all through the race, all through, until until I got to like Foilmore, which is near enough to the kind of like 85 kilometer mark, 80 kilometer mark maybe. And then I was on my way into to Waterville, which is where you're going to hit the 100K mark. And I said, right, I need to have a head sport because I'm dehydrated. I have loads of carbs. I have loads of fuel, but my body's dehydrated. And so I don't have the help and assistance to transport this carbohydrates and this energy around my body. So I had that. And that's a, that's what, what I'm going to say is to, to people is you need to be able to use your intuition along with the plan and you don't scrap the plan. I did. I I stuck to the plan incredibly rigidly. I just added to the plan and I added this electrolytes. I said, right, once I finished at 450 mils and I felt great, I said to my to my dad, I goes, can I have another bottle of that, please? And I'll meet you at the next checkpoint, and we'll we'll have more, right? Because then, because I wanted some time for my body to take on this these fluids and all that stuff. And then over time, my pee started to get lighter yellow, and then it actually started to get uh, clear, running clear. So I was I was actually hydrated, right? Which was perfect because it was during the nighttime. It's easy; it would be easier to stay hydrated in the nighttime because it's not sunny and warm, and you're not sweating as much. So I was able to get hydrated throughout the night. And that was a, a huge huge plus for me cuz it really settled down my stomach and enabled me to keep getting i was getting 120 grams of carbohydrates an hour in which is super high like incredibly high but it was a slower paced run than let's say a marathon so i was able to do that you know and i trained myself through the 50k's to do that another thing that i'd say is an absolute lifesaver for me was talcum powder right simple old johnson's baby talcum powder I put it into sandwich bags and then at each aid station, I was taking off my wet shoes, my wet socks, uh, dipping my feet into bags of talcum powder, getting it all over it, drying them all out, putting on fresh socks and dried out shoes. And I'm telling you, every single time I did that, I felt like a new person, right? I just felt like a new man. And it, it just gave me a real mental and physical boost every time. So. I'd say that to people. Whether you're going over to do an ultramarathon in a sunny country or whether you're going over to do it in Wales, Scotland, or you're doing one in Ireland, talcum powder. Talcum powder. It's just, I just want to say it one more time. Talcum powder. It is the ultimate tool. It costs you two two bucks or something like that for a bottle of it, right? If you have a wet, wet shoes and, and you're in a wet, boggy environment, Drying out your feet and key and maintaining your your feet's bodily integrity is just absolutely incredibly important. You're going to like that's that's what's going to take such a beating. And that was another thing. My foot care was absolutely on point. I started with guard, which is a, a I've mentioned on the podcast before. And that is a kind of a, a beeswax aloe formula like like Vaseline, but it's far better than Vaseline because it doesn't wipe off onto your clothes. It's, it, it's actually soaked into your feet. It's an anti-chafing and it's flipping brilliant. And it worked really well for me throughout all of my races. So I had that on first and foremost. But as the race went on, I was just drying my feet out with the talc and that was really helping me. I, I got some blisters. I think everybody did. It was, everybody was suffering with a bit of trench foot, like, you know what I mean? Because it was so so wet so boggy it was just impossible to keep your feet warm so looking after like using your intuition um so you have your nutrition protocols in place but using your intuition as to what your body needs and also um keeping a close eye on your feet uh, uh your 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 feet um and their health right that's absolutely super important so I was I, I was feeling good because I was looking after my stomach and my feet. Those are just the two main things that, you know, if if, the, if your stomach and your feet are looked after, you'll feel less tired. And so your your head, your mindset won't need as much, you know, maintenance because you're going to be in good humor. I really actually just enjoyed the whole race, enjoyed the whole day. And um, so it was it was amazing. Right. And And it was because I had implemented all of the lessons i had learned from previous um in season 2 i think the episode might be called honest ice creams i'm not too sure but um in season 2 i discuss my uh, maybe season 1 season 2 i think i uh, i discuss my 2021 uh race um and i discuss all about the mistakes that i had made in that and how i rectified all of them this time basically so um and then it basically got me to the state where i was coming into the last couple of kilometers uh feeling really great and uh, i was told at kilometer 182 that there was two people ahead of me and that if i took at least one of them that i would finish in the top 10 and uh they it, it, they were saying they're 700 meters ahead of you i was like i mean 5k left and they're 700 meters ahead of me like that's do you know that's actually a long distance to to try and, you know, uh, close in uh, in that short period of time. But I just booked it. I just booked it through Muckris and I actually ended up running past the two lads. But actually one of them ended up then because I had ran so ha- fast and so hard, I, I actually felt like I was going to get sick. Um, and so at the very, very last turn, I turned and I came around the corner and then there, there he was, my buddy Richie Hart, who's a two... 48 marathon runner whizzed past me and like I gave chase and as chased as hard as I can but like you know I a 248 marathon runner on a flat road he, he he fucking left me for dust you know what I mean but it was great it was a great way to finish the race it was a great way to to finish it with him you know so I, I'm and I'm delighted for Richie that he got such a great race and such a great finish and we were like we were like apparently we were like dots the dots were like on. Uh, we're like back and forth for the whole race, apparently. So it was great. So shout out to Richie. Um, thank you so much for for giving me a memorable finish to the to the ultra. And I crossed the line, and I was in the top ten. And um, I I just really enjoyed the day and enjoyed the race, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to helping people have that feeling, you know, have that crossing the line feeling. It's absolutely spectacular. You can't you just you just oh you can't can't describe it really. So, that was my race report for, for uh, Kerry Way. I didn't go into too much detail because I wanted to get it, I wanted to get into the parts that you could take away that, that, that would actually benefit you in your running and stuff like that, right? So, that, that's, that's what I wanted to talk about. If there's anybody, if you ever come uh, come across me or if you ever want to say hello to me or see me in the streets or whatever, just go, oh, fucking, it, that's the lanky, where's Wally looking dude over there. Come over and say hello to me and we'll have an old chat about running anyway, you know? Um, and I'll tell you a bit more about the gruesomeness but I just want to wrap up, um. I just want to wrap up with my huge, spectacular, ginormous announcement, and that is, we have a sponsor, for flipped the script, right, um. But I I, I want to introduce them, but I also want to tell you that like I've I've had a long history with these with the, with this with this company and with the people that run it. They're they're friends of mine, um. Because initially, I just really liked what they did, um and I really got behind their message of what they wanted to do um but also it actually came into kind of uh, light for me two days before the carryway ultra when I was kind of um I, I i i i my wife was away at an event, and I didn't have as much of a, a support system there for for my son, and I had lots of stuff to get done. In final preparations for the Carryway Ultra, that I wasn't able to, that I couldn't foresee that I would be in this position, right? But, uh, I, I like I nearly didn't even get to registration, right? That was just a a, a whole, whole lot of debacle. But I was in a kind of this stressful mode, and I actually had one of the products with me that I that uh that this company uses, right? And so this is actually another reason why they came to be sponsors of the podcast, and why I reach out to to them. And um, because I I didn't want to just anybody to be a sponsor to podcast, I wanted somebody that we could stand over and go, yeah, this is this is you know uh, this is a company that I've dealt with, used products, and actually really really enjoy what they do, and that is Ethos. Um, and a lot of you will already have known Ethos before because uh, they would have been involved with some of my crewman events. Um, but basically, what what uh, Ethos is is it's uh they are. Um they are a business that is their their main goal is to basically become um leaders in the in the area surrounding stress right and they want to create create products that people can use to help them to deal with with day to day stress look like we all we all know that like nothing nothing you know ever goes smoothly and perfectly in our lives and there are stressful moments and stressful times and if we can get something that can help us give that 1% up, um, you know, and, and at 1% of help, then it's it's absolutely fantastic to have that. And I actually used their rest, um, their rest CBD drops the night before the carryway ultra because I was quite stressed out about a few a few bits and pieces of things that were just not going right. And I was like, I want to get some good sleep. So I took a couple of minutes to myself, had a cup of tea, took a few of the rest drops. And just kind of shut off for a while and relaxed my brain. I'm telling you, I got a great night's sleep. I actually got a great night's sleep, straight to sleep. I woke up actually 5 minutes before my alarm and I I actually felt primed and ready to go for this thing, right? And I think it's, you know, and they'd be the first people to say, "Was it the drops?" Probably not, right? It's it, it's it's everything that they stand for and it's it was the Yes, taking the drops and the, you know, the physiological effects that that was going to have on me in terms of helping me get to rest, but also carving out that bit of time for myself to calm myself down was another big aspect of that as well. And they are all about that. And that's, that's, it's, that's what they, what, you know, what their business is based on. And um, what I, what they have identified is, is that there's actually five main areas of uh, the body that um, are actually directly affected by stress. And that is the mind, the gut, sleep, your body's immune system, and energy systems, right? Those five areas are affected by stress. And I've used the rest drops um, in, my, in my day-to-day to help me with training and recovery. And I've also used their repair cream, which is like, there's often times where I finish up a run and I feel like I want to be dipped into a bath of the Ethos repair cream. It's, it's magnificent. And it's, again, It's that it's also everything that comes with the product. And that is the time out that I take. I, I'm, you know, my son's probably asleep in bed. I'm in the sitting room. I have a cup of tea there with me and I'm, and I'm massaging myself in, in, you know, massaging the, the cream into my legs or into wherever I need, into my shoulder or whatever. And it's that moment that I'm taking to myself. And that's uh, what what they are centering around and what they have done is right I, I feel like the, you know I mentioned about this 1% right I feel like it does give me that extra 1% alongside you know nutrition hydration and sleep it does give me that extra 1% of yes I am looking after myself I am caring for myself and they have given me a 20% discount code as well for all you listeners and that is on the weareethos.com on this website weareethos.com there's a 20% discount for with the code FTS20, right? Now, T's and C's apply, but head on to the website and you will get be able to get 20% off the product list and stuff that I've mentioned here now today, right? And they're going to give you 20% off so you can get your extra 1%, right? Um, so just want to say thank you so much to Ethos for sponsoring the podcast, for backing the podcast and for just look for doing that the great work in the area of stress because um it's something that you know even w- with myself i feel like i have a very strong stable mindset stress affects us all and um you know anything we can do to help ourselves and to benefit ourselves in that way we should do so welcome board ethos to the flip the script family um and to the primal productions studio family as well i'm here in the studio um in, in swords and recording this episode um, and it's just, again, magnificent to have this time as well for myself to to chat in this environment as well, you know. So thank you so much for to Ethos. Thank you very much for listening. If you've gained anything from the episode, feel free to reach out. And uh, if you have any questions that about anything that I discussed on the podcast, you're like, oh, would you go into a bit more detail about this? Shoot me a message and I'd be happy to help you out. I'd be ha- happy to help out any fellow runners. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to end today's episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and yeah, there's so much on the horizon, so much in the future here for, for me, for the C.O. Keith page, for Flip the Script and for everything. So thank you. Peace and love. Khan.